Hello everyone, my name is Kanai Kapadia, and on this episode of Hindsight, I'll be speaking with Scott McLaughlin, CEO of YGEIA3. The company is named after a Greek word that loosely translates into the English phrase, to help. Consistent with that theme, the company is the industry leader in scientific wellness testing. All right, Scott, thank you very much for joining the show. Uh, my pleasure. YGEA3 provides scientific wellness testing. Can you start by giving us an overview of what does that mean? Uh, basically, our testing, uh, we do a laboratory test uh, where we use a blood and urine sample. And then we're able to see how your body absorbs fats, carbohydrates, and proteins and kind of turns that into energy. So we, we break down, we, we also do a, a test of essential amino acids, non-essential amino acids. Uh, we do a cortis, or excuse me, a, uh, AGGI, uh, what they call antibody food allergy testing. So it's a pretty comprehensive testing program that gives you back, uh, kind of right down to the microgram where you have deficiencies, uh, with, you know, throughout your nutritional kind of breakdown of your body. So let's say just for example, the daily dosage is a hundred milligrams of something and you're only getting 20, for example, uh, through your daily, you know, through your daily diet, we just, we, we don't do it, but you can take, you know, your test results, take them to a compounding pharmacy. They then design a customized vitamin, mineral, amino acid program built right down to the microgram that's specific for your body. So it's not just saying, you know, take a uh, hundred milligrams of this or 200 milligrams of that, even though you may not know, you know, your body, you may not need it because obviously as you may be getting all that through your diet, but with our program, able to actually see exactly you know at that obviously at that snapshot in time what your body's doing and how it's absorbing and, and how it's turning it all into energy and what where you are deficient throughout your body it, it checks uh, you know for like uh, bacterial growth within your gut how well your how well your gut is clearing how well your liver is clearing which all has effects kind of on your overall health and your overall uh, just performance and body and uh just your, your general being i guess would be the, the the essence of it so it gives you again we do it with a blood spot we do eight blood spots and then a urine sample uh, sent back to our laboratory. It takes our, our team about uh, seven to 10 days, give or take, depending on the processing time. Uh, they send you back, you get about, oh, the total results is about 14 pages of information that breaks down everything, shows you exactly, you know, where you're deficient, where you're not. Some people come back, no deficiencies, you know, because maybe they're very diligent in their daily diets, whatever the case may be. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's designed to be a program that's not just about say, hey, take this We've never been in the supplement side of the business. We've always just been in the testing side of the business, uh, showing you here's where may or may not have uh, deficiencies. We always felt getting into the supplement side of it was, you know, then we're kind of downplaying the, the results because now we're saying, okay, well, obviously you have this, but now you have to buy this, you know, $200 a month or $100 a month, whatever the numbers are in, in vitamins and minerals. And everybody kind of thinks, okay, well, you're just trying to sell me that product. So we strictly give right. you the results. Um allow you to take that to any pharmacist, any compounding pharmacy you want, a doctor, whatever, you know, anywhere you want to take it. And they'll give you the, they can design a basic, uh, you know, right down to the microgram, uh, what you, uh, what you want for yourself. So it's a customized uh, nutritional and vitamin and mineral and amino acid program specific, you know, to your body needs. So rather than doing all the guesswork that you would otherwise do with products, whether it be food items or, or supplements, you can get straight to the point, so to speak. Exactly. Instead of right. trying 10 different things saying, well, this makes me feel this way or that way or, or, you know, whatever the case may be, or I feel better when I eat this or do that. 
with our like with our food uh, the ag the we do it's not you know a lot of people i think they picture a a food allergy as you know i break out with you know a, a some kind of rash or some issue ours is a like a gut reaction that causes uh, and and most people have some type of food allergy they just don't know it and and, it, it, and again it may not cause a full blown problem but it causes problems within your your gut making again maybe your liver doesn't clear as, as well as it should maybe your stomach doesn't clear as well as it should we kind of do it on a one to five scale on that side. So the one meaning a lot of those are just false negatives. You may have just gotten a, you know, a reading that day. But if it's up in the five, then we recommend that you take it out of your diet, rotate other things in. And then people are kind of able to adjust that throughout, you know, kind of their their time doing the testing. And they you know, so, again, you're getting concrete results, not just guessing as to what, you know, what you feel better or what you may or may not need. Right, right. So thanks for explaining the science. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the business aspect of all of this. Okay, that's more um, my specialty. <laughs> Right. Uh, well, it certainly sounds like you know both quite well. well I do okay. I've, I've gotten better, I'll say, on the science. Uh, you know, it was pretty, yeah. uh, I'll admit, pretty weak in the beginning because I just was never really, uh, you know, again, never really been exposed to anything like that. So it's something you have to jump in and learn and try to understand a little better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this, the company began in, or rather you began with the company in January 2012. That is correct. Can you yes. tell us a little can you tell us a little bit about what the business looked like at that point and just how it's evolved over okay. uh, these that, past several we years? We started uh, in 2012 total, as a complete uh, startup. We had, uh, I, I, I met uh, Dr. Tom, who was the kind of, he was the, not kind of, he was the person who came up with the testing and and it, and had gotten it all the way through all the, you know, approvals and, and all the stuff, just really hadn't developed a business. Uh, I kind of met him just through happenstance at a, at a sporting event that I was doing for another company. Uh, ended up offering me a, a job as the CEO, but as we started, it was just the two of us. Um, mm-hmm. He put up uh, a decent amount of his own money to get us, you know, basically working working capital because we didn't really have any. I didn't really want to invest my own money at the time. Uh, just feeling, well, I, I'll be I'll be willing to give you time and effort. I started with uh, you know no salary and just the two of us, and said, okay, I'll get fifty percent of the company. Uh, he was involved in the golf industry heavily, so we really focused on athletics as our initial launch point because at that point we weren't approved by any health programs or any insurance companies or carriers so really we felt that was the only outlet because you know we 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 speak to a lot of people they love it and they they say okay that sounds great i'd love to try it then you tell them you know it's seventeen hundred dollars to do a test and they kind of go oh well seventeen hundred dollars that's you know that's a lot so for the professional athletes um that's really where we saw our first success now a lot of it was based on him already kind of having relationships with them we were able to get in with them get them the testing and then they, they saw the results uh, so we were able to build a really pretty extensive list of professional golfers uh, in the first couple of years. Now that doesn't generate a ton of revenue because you're only talking, you know, ten or fifteen, maybe twenty people. But obviously, those ten or fifteen or twenty people were very, uh, very influential people. Let's just say within the golf world and major players within the golf industry. Um, so it gave us a lot of juice, even you know, with with the eye with the eye with a lot of the investors and equity firms, and and gave us an opportunity to kind of look bigger than what we. Honestly, than we really were at the time, because we only had at that time, you know, maybe twenty, you know, clients, uh, but all at a pretty high level. Uh, so it did yeah. give us a, an opportunity to get in. I think some rooms that we wouldn't have gotten into if you're just, you know, selling it to, you know, regular uh, regular individuals. I just don't think it generates as much excitement. So from that standpoint, we spent that first couple of years just um, really within the golf industry, and again, built that clientele up, and and at all the events, meeting with you know in potential investors, potential. Everything we you know we met with you know probably hundreds of those throughout that 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 
kind of 18 month period. Uh, then we kind of got a big break. Uh, I had a connection. I, I was a college basketball referee in a different life for quite a long time. Okay. And uh, I, so I still had some connections within the athletic uh, world and myself. And I, and I got us a, and I, and I got us a meeting at the university of Iowa with, uh, with, a, with a football coach there. I won't, uh, won't give him his name because he's no longer at the university. And, yeah. but, but that's another side, another side story, but uh, <laughs> uh, he was able to get us in, uh, that was really our first major contract with an entire sports team where we, you know, we weren't just dealing with an individual. We had lots of small individual athletes and we were testing, you know, at that point, probably a hundred, give or take within several different professional uh, sports. But that was our first, you know, doing the entire team and really kind of got us a foothold into in that, that, that ability to test the entire teams and kind of went from that, to be honest with you. And then about a year, uh, maybe a year and a half, probably in that ballpark, we were then you know, at working with a lot of the insurance carriers, talking to them, work showing them our, our 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 programming, what we're doing, our testing. We were finally approved in twenty, I guess it would have been the start of 2016, 2016, I believe it was, for you know being on group plans and insurance, and 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 that's where we really blossomed because obviously we got into the corporate health industry, and obviously there's a you know a much much bigger bigger market than where we were. I mean, yes, we had a nice business with some sports teams and individual athletes. But we probably had kind of hit our ceiling there, to be honest with you, just because it, you know, it took you so much. It took so long to cultivate each individual uh, client that, you know, that could take you six, eight months to sign a professional athlete. And then you're still only talking one individual. So for us to right. really take the business off, we needed that kind of multiplier. And that was really the, the genesis that took us off was that, you know, getting into the corporate wellness, because then again, you're, you know, now you're exposed to thousands of people. Yeah. The panel that you guys do is reimbursed by insurance carriers that for the most correct. part. That is correct. Days, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you view anyone who is providing a wellness offering, whether it's scientific or not, that's getting reimbursed under this umbrella of wellness? Are they essentially competitors? In in a, in a theory somewhat, but not, you know, not all, not all of them are, are, are you know, are covered by the insurance company. So mo- most of the a lot of the insurance companies they carry some wellness testing, but it's it's more for like cancer stuff and 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 that is a bit of a competition certainly because they're within that dollar and there's some that do that you know for for you know for like colon cancer and screenings along those lines so there is that competition but ours we're, again we're able to get that uh, there's about twenty five hundred dollar window that they include all the testing so and 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 then they offer it to their employees for free so that with our testing. They get a discount of the ranges of between about a five and a ten percent discount for the company. It depends on you know again with the carrier, the insurance, the however they're doing their their work. Mm-hmm. So they so they end up getting a pretty sizable amount of discount back, and then offering it to their employees as a as an incentive. And and again, it's all done at home, which is something a lot of the employees like because they don't have to make a doctor's appointment, they don't have to go see a doctor, or you know feel like you know I think some of the I think some of the apprehension within the corporate world we've seen, and I think it's with all testing when it comes to company-wide, is they tend to think, well, if I'm doing it through my company, then the company's going to know about it. Then is, are they going to use that against right. me? Is it, you know, there's just a lot of still skepticism, I would say, on that side. Where this, they kind of like it. They, they, they take it home, do it at their leisure, send it in, and again, no, absolutely no cost to them. And then if they just, if they, even if they order the kit, and they decide, okay, we don't really want to do it. That's fine. Again, there's no cost to them. So so we've had a pretty uh, in the corporate world. We've had a pretty substantial. Uh, you know, we're up around. I would guess around seventy percent of you know people that actually order a kit and use it. And then we we don't get that higher return to the actual lab, but we're still in the mm-hmm. fifty to sixty percentile that actually return it. So that's still a pretty good usage. 
Yeah. This is more a point of curiosity than anything. You know, with with the pandemic, certainly the number of employees and companies as a whole has dropped because of furloughing and and people out of necessity being let go. Have you seen other than that, have you seen an increase in interest in wellness? I would say definite increase in wellness. Our our cortisol test, which is a separate testing that we run uh, throughout the year for insurance, you know, for for our for our clients, and it's just a kind of a swab test they do throughout a 24-hour period with their saliva, send it in just to kind of see their cortisol levels. Our goal was, I think our goal this year was, I think 10 million or 11 million kind of, you know, for the entire year was the goal for sales Mm -hmm. on that. So, uh, you know, not a massive number, but a decent, you know, a decent amount. And I think we're almost going to be close to $30 million this year in uh, sales on that. So we we jumped from about that being only a four or 5% of our overall revenue to this year, it's almost 13 or 14% of our overall revenue. The last numbers I saw was about 13 and a half, almost 14% of our overall you know, revenue switched to that. And again, that's, I think, been due to the pandemic because more people are just a little more in tune to you know what's going on and, and, and wellness and, and interested in seeing different things about themselves, I guess, would be the, would be the term, Young. Yeah, absolutely. Would have been, I, I know that there are privacy issues around a lot of this, but what have you seen, even anecdotally, has been the benefit to, certainly as an individual, I can understand the benefit to myself, but at, at an aggregate level to the, to the employer, because that's ultimately there's, there's an important economic case to be made there, right? Right. Uh, I would say the biggest returns for the employer, one, are the savings, because obviously everyone's always looking some way to help with their, with their group insurance costs. Obviously, that's a big factor. Uh, but I would say their biggest, you know, issue that they that they really have been happy with is just the the ability to offer an actual kind of a real test so to speak within the wellness and you know i mean a lot of the wellness stuff is okay you get a gym discount or you get something but most people don't use that where this is a, a legitimate laboratory testing system that gives people real time you know value on on what their body's doing at that moment in time and i i think that's where they've seen the biggest you know people enjoying getting that information about themselves at again, no cost and being able to offer that benefit to their employees. And then again, we're not selling it as a, you know, health, we're not doctors, we're not trying to, certainly you can share the information with, you know, your doctor and take it to him because it's all laboratory tested results. And there, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's been cases where some people have found something maybe that was a little bit awry, but most of the stuff is just the energy levels, the feeling better, the, uh, you know, especially your food allergies. When you kind of get those squared around, I think a lot of people just feel a lot better uh, so again, the employer sees the, the healthier workforce happier, I think is really the key. I mean, you're always going to have some health issues, but I think a lot of employees, it's nice to be able to offer a benefit to, you know, that feels a little more substantial than just a, you know, yeah. a $20 discount at, you know, XYZ store or this or that. And, and it feels like a little more substantial benefit that they can offer their employees. Yeah, absolutely. It's very concrete. Exactly. And I think that's where mm-hmm. we've seen the most success because I think a lot, again, I think a lot of the stuff that has been, it's always been kind of for lack of term is just hasn't been very scientific. It's just, you know, they call it wellness, but that's such a massive broad term that it's hard to determine. I mean, ours, ours, you know, that once they see, okay, well, they're giving me a, you know, a blood sample, a urine sample, it's a laboratory result. So this just isn't, you know, someone telling you, Hey, takes, you know, take these three scoops of protein powder. Right. And, oh my God, you're going to feel great on Tuesday. I mean, that, that just doesn't exist in the world. So, you know, this is showing you, okay, a balanced diet, you know, this doing the, you know, there is no miracle cure for anything in the world, quite frankly. So, you know, this just kind of is, I think, a nice piece in the puzzle for individuals. And the cortisol tests, people have really, 
at least the feedback we've got so far liked it this year because again they the, the companies we've talked to pretty extensively about it are saying well you know everybody's under extra stress this year with the pandemic you know families kids at home you know am i going to be furloughed am i going to be laid off so you know that part uh they've really enjoyed that feedback seeing you know because of the cortisol levels the higher they are that usually means the more stressed and more uh you know pressure that you are under and and this year obviously we've all been under you know a great deal of pressure everybody has one way or the other i don't care who you are or what your what your role is in the world right right now mm-hmm. everybody's had a little pressure this year so that part we've seen a, it's been a huge jump for us and 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 i think the companies have been happy with the with the feedback and i think the people you know most of the employees and and our you know actual clients and people who are taking the test i think they really enjoy seeing you know hey i really am a little more stressed than i thought or or maybe i'm not or whatever the case may be but it's nice to get that concrete result saying here's here's what it is yeah yeah i think you're right as well just anecdotally everyone's a lot more stressed they really right are now. it's just it doesn't matter who you are this year you've got something different in your life i don't care who you are there's something different going on in your life this year one way or the other so yep. you know if you've been lucky enough to keep your job and be able to work remotely that's great but then you have you know your kids at home or you have this at home or you have you know there's just so many more different uh you know, things that no one could have planned for this year uh, that I think everybody's a little more stressed. As you were getting from square one to where the business is today, what are some of those challenging changes that you've run into? Uh, well, many of them. <laughs> I mean, just going from the, you know, in the beginning, you know, I I had come from a sports background, worked in kind of the sports, you know, industry uh, and was really wanting to you know, quite frankly, focus on the on the athletic world. So I was really kind of bought into that. I really did. I really felt that, hey, this is this is where we can really make our mark. And then I realized, you know, as you get into it a year, you know, one thing I didn't realize that most of these athletes, they all want it for free. They're, they're, they love the idea of talking to you. They love the idea of the product. They love the idea of getting tested. But then their first response would always be, oh, well, I'll be happy to endorse it for you. Or I'll be happy to do it for free and tweet about it. Well, you know, that that's all and wonderful, but that doesn't really get you a lot of uh, revenue. And I'll be honest with you, I thought that was a good way to go. I thought, okay, that'd be a good way. We can offer it free to some you know, some athletes and get them on board. Uh, but Dr. Tom, who was the, um, you know, the founder of all this, he'd been in the athletic world, you know, quite some time. And uh, he said, no, we can't offer it free. He said, because if we do, he said, one, it diminishes your test. And two, he said, if we start doing that, he said, we'll never, never recover from it and ever kind of get them to actually buy into it and start and start paying for it because he he said he ran into that same problem with his company when he started you know i took his advice and we decided to hold strong and and uh and basically if you want to do it we'll be happy to to you know pay for it and that 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 helped uh and then as we evolved again in athletics we just hit kind of a ceiling of okay now you know now what uh and that's when we had to shift you know to the to the bigger picture of you know a do to the where we're at now, the corporate side. So we were able to get the funding, and how we were able to get the funding really was because even though we didn't have a massive, again, like I said, a big client list, we had a good client list, and people saw the people mm-hmm. that you know we they're, they're oh my god, you worked with X Y Z or this people, and and it it did give us a lot of extra you know juice to 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 kind of get to that next level to get the funding we needed to 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 move on. But again, that took time to get there. So that was a for me, that was kind of a, a hurdle because I just wanted to, you know, to be in that, and I not listened to him at that point and just kind of went the route I thought. I think I don't think we would have gotten to where we are today, quite frankly, because I think we would have fallen into the trap he was saying, which is, you know, if you do allow that free, that's just kind of what they expect, and 
it kind of diminishes it. And I, I never looked at it from that standpoint. I always looked at it as well. Any publicity is good publicity. And that was good. But he was he was 100 percent right on that. So I'm, I'm very glad that I, you know, kind of relented to him and said, OK, let's go your route. And that helped us grow within the sports industry, which we without that, we wouldn't have you know grown to get the to, to get the money because again we would have just had a bunch of people we we're giving it to free and they're going well if you're giving it to them free are they really that invested in it are they really that interested yeah. in it? but when but when you tell people hey they're actually paying for this product then they go oh okay well maybe you've got something so that that was a that was a that was a tough you know decision for me and then just switching from the again the athletic world to the corporate world where we brought in more of a management team and 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 again pivoted to that side of a bigger you know, a bigger look. Uh, and, and I, I didn't, you know, I, I, again, I was still focused on athletics. Um, and we sat down the group of us, you know, three of us, and we said, you know, this might be the way to go. And, and we decided that's the way to go. And kind of, we still do athletics certainly. And we still have a lot of, uh, athletic programs and teams and sports institutions we work with, but, you know, certainly wouldn't have grown to where we're at now without the, uh, without pivoting toward the, uh, toward the corporate side of it. Yeah. Have you been able to get athletes to both Pay and tweet and be advocates. Yeah, there's been a few that uh, that'll do a little of both, but most of them are pretty quiet about it because, again, they um, you know they don't really want it. They're, they're again, it's you know HIPAA law, so most people stay relatively quiet about the testing. And you know, we've had a few a few uh, like back oh the Ryder Cup a few times. One of the guys was using our products and got caught on you know got got a pick. He was taking uh, he had done the cortisol testing and then. One of his treatments, I don't remember what it was, but it was this little powder that, w- that was made for him specific. And he was putting it in one of his drinks and somebody just asked him what it was. And, you know, he explained that he had been tested and, it, and everybody's like, oh, how, you know, how'd you do that kind of thing? Uh, so yeah. we've had some of that. But for the most part, most of the athletes tend to stay quiet because, again, it's the HIPAA regulation. So they just kind of look at I'm paying. I kind of prefer the privacy. So, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. we've never... Uh, it really looked at anybody to endorse to get the endorsement or pay them because they're all they all want to get paid they're not going to tweet for free right. there's, there's very few that, that they don't do anything for free so we've looked at a couple sponsorships but uh, i don't know the cost is so high that we've always felt that's ah, just let's take a pass so yeah they certainly want their seventeen hundred dollars in uh comped scientific wellness testing it, it's a steal if you can get them to advocate for you exactly uh, yes exactly yeah so as a new ceo you know i imagine you've learned every step of the way same as even experienced ones have if you had to go back would what would you have done differently question a little more open in the beginning to bringing it you know just again to allowing more people to do more things uh i I was still trying to kind of run everything i was just so used to you know, doing every detail, every sale, every call, every, 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 every little detail, I, I would have been a little more, uh, Hey, let's get some people in here that can manage and, and let them do their thing. Because again, if you surround yourself with really good, good quality people, then, you know, it, it's really taken a, a lot off my plate. I mean, because, of the, you know, you, you just get bogged down within doing a lot of things that really aren't going to, you think they're helping, but they're really not. It's kind of as my as my dad would have called it back in my old athletic days. He would call it fake hustle. So that was, <laughs> you know, he, he never liked fake hustle in sports. So you know, if you you know die for a ball that was late uh, out of bounds, it was you know that was his idea of fake hustle. So he said you're not yeah. really hustling. You're just making it look like you are. And that and that and a lot of that what I would call busy work that you get bogged down in when you're doing on a that's kind of fake hustle because you feel like you're supposed to be constantly doing something and have an appointment or and 
but they're not really, are they really moving some relationship forward or not? And, and I think you get, I think that's something I've gotten better at the last few years of, you know, working with the people you should be working with and taking the meetings you should be taking. And, you know, is it, is it a C-level person that can actually make a decision or is it, are you just, are you just kind of taking the meeting with a big company with some middle level person who quite frankly can't give you a yes, can't give you a no, can't, can't really do anything for you other than take the meeting. And yes, that mm-hmm. looks great on your calendar, but is it really, you know, pushing the, you know, the, the product forward and your brand forward and yourself forward and the company forward. So that's an area that I, I think I've gotten much better at over the last couple of years is just realizing, you know, Hey, focus on the things that really matter. And, and again, getting the right people in place, you know, with a, a quality management staff. Now, I, I wish I'd have done that earlier because I, I, yeah. I did the hiring and all that. And I, I, I brought in some real lemons, to be quite honest with you, because I, I just wasn't very good at sitting down and going through the whole process. And, and I'd never been in that. I'd, I'd never really been in a hiring role, even though I'd been a professional all my life. I'd always been in business development. So I just really didn't do a lot of hiring. I, I just, I, I'd been a business manager, but most of the, you know, a sales manager, but most of that was other people were doing all the work. I would meet with the person for maybe five minutes and say, oh, okay, great. They seem fine. And, and you bring them in. So I, I was trying to do all the recruiting, the hiring, the, you know, the vetting. And, and to be honest, I just wasn't very good at it. And we brought in some people that kind of set us back a little bit, you know, not only in revenue and cost, just because you bring them in and time and effort. We just had, you know, other issues with them too, yeah. that just that caused problems. Uh, so yeah, if I had to do something different, I would have been a little more open to, to getting people in earlier than what I, than what I really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you pointed out two very interesting things. One is activity and productivity are two different things. Very true. And then the second thing is just knowing your own boundaries, what you are and are not good at, which I'm painfully reminded of every day. <laughs> so I certainly can relate to that. No, I, I would agree. And that's, uh, you know, again, it goes back to I, I played high school basketball and a lot of sports in my life. And that, you know, same thing. You got to know your, you know, know what you're good at and, and you got to you yeah. gotta bring in quality teammates. And, and without them, you're not, you know, without a good team, you're really not not going to rise. So that, that was just an area uh, that once I turned over the hiring to some outside sources, we brought in some really good salespeople and some really good account people that have now gone on to be our sales directors and quite frankly, just doing a tremendous job. And I wouldn't have, what I probably wouldn't have hired, you know, the people I was talking to just weren't at that. They weren't that level. I would, I would kind of get to know them and okay, I like you and blah, blah, blah. But I just wasn't doing a good job of, like I said, just get into the nitty gritty of hiring somebody, so to speak. And uh, I, hired, yeah. you know, so that, that really, again, I felt that was a big turning point for us too, was allowing that outside person to, to take that off my plate. And then I can focus on what I'm good at, which was building relationships and developing, you know, bigger fortune 500 big companies that we've been able to bring in and then allowing the business staff to develop our account people, manage them on a day-to-day basis and let them kind of handle that aspect of it and, and focus on like a lot of our younger people focus on, you know, 500 and less companies because again they're easier access they're easier to get to they're easier to talk to and you get a little quicker you know sales cycle because our sales cycle can be long i mean if you're trying to deal with a a big client you know it could be you know eight months to a year before you actually sign a contract so for some you know for a younger person you know that's a long sales cycle and you know if you're not making a nice you know yes we certainly pay a salary but if you're not making the commissions that's where the real money is obviously we all know in sales and so it can be a long 12 months if you're trying to right. just build. And then if it all goes awry at the end, you know, which yeah. certainly happened, you know, everybody wants the big fish, but it's, it's, it's tough to get there. And, 
and it can all go awry at any time. So, you know, the, our meat and potatoes is that 500 to a thousand, you know, that's mid, mid size company, mid, you know, mid medium size, and you can get access to them and they can make decisions. And, and our account people do a really good job on that, on that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many people are in the company today? Total now we've got about, oh, about a one, I think we're at 101 or 102. If I pulled up the the numbers, it's mm-hmm. just slightly bit over a hundred. Uh, and again, started with the two of us. So it's been, uh, you know, quite a, quite a tremendous amount of growth over the last uh, six or seven years here. So mm-hmm. That's something I'm, I've been very proud of. And, and when we, you know, we got the lab originally, when we did all, we used to outsource all our lab work. And that was, you asked earlier, you know, what a turning point was in the company. And that was another big turning point because again, we, we had the testing, but obviously we didn't own a lab or have a lab. So you just outsource your, your, your work just like anybody else does as far as lab work. So we were using a company and we signed kind of our first big, big, big company and their, their contract was getting ready to come up that that let's say it would have been let's say just for an easy number September of the year prior and then going into that next year that January when the when the project was going to start well they'd signed a three-year commitment with us pricing all locked in then like I, I didn't want to say it was like October of that year the lab we were using came to us and we told them what our increases were going to be for the next year and they said well now we're going to increase you know we're going to raise your cost by 50 percent or you know or your time frame is going to be slowed down to it could be like a month to get your results so, you know, here we were with this brand new client, that, our first big client, quite frankly, mm-hmm. and we're thinking now, what are we going to do? Because now they've just increased, you know, they just ate 50% of our profits because, you know, they're saying the only way we're going to do it is if we increase it 50%. We don't want to go right back to them after we've, you know, signed the contract and say, okay, now you have, sorry, we got to increase it. No, you know, that's not exactly the best way to start a relationship. So our COO, who um, has a pretty extensive background in laboratories, he kind of went to work and found a you know, found us a lab that, you know, that's again, how we pivoted. We purchased it, that the, all the licenses were in place. We went into a partnership with them and then we were able to, you know, seamlessly get that started the following year. And without pivoting to that, having our own system to process and the system to control the, the, the costs, again, I don't think we would have been able to make it because again, that contract probably would have fallen through um, and we would have still been stalled out at doing you know, smaller numbers, 20, 30 a month, 50 a month, 100 a month, those type yeah. numbers, instead of multi thousands. And it, you know, without that pivot, and again, he did a fan, he did all that work. I mean, he was the, he was the catalyst and found it and put, you know, basically put it all together. And that was, again, another big, and, and that's something, you know, when you started, when you started, when I started in this, I certainly, you know, I, I had no idea that that was going to be, you know, you're, that's something you were going to need, but we were able to pivot to that and uh, really probably, saved us quite frankly because i think we would have lost that contract you know because we certainly couldn't go either that or we would have had to eat it and you know not you don't make any money on it anyway so either way you're kind of you're kind of out of luck either have to eat all the profits and keep them happy to keep them around and hope you can keep them for three or four years and then you know maybe eventually recoup the money but you don't know so it that was a that was a major changer for us because without that i think we would have lost that and that was our first big you know big client with multi-thousands of employees so that was for us that would have been you know, almost devastating at that time because we just wouldn't have been able to absorb. You know, had they say, "Okay, we're pulling out," we would have been like, "Okay, well, geez, now what do we?" Do? So mm-hmm. uh, that that was a big. That was probably the biggest changing point. I would say was just being able to acquire that space, and then we control the time, we control the cost, we control all. You know, all the above. So that that was a that was a big game changer. For me. Yeah. So as you've scaled, lab capacity clearly was uh, a, a relevant uh, issue to solve. 
as it sounds like HR and just getting the right sales team in place, what other challenges have emerged with regards to scaling up? Are there any? I mean, see, I mean, HR obviously always was an issue. Uh, Lab, Mm -hmm. I would say, was the biggest issue. Account, you know, again, account people, you know, major issue. So I I guess all to me, all those are so many issues. And each kind of each way you go, I mean, uh, you know, financing, uh, every, you know, everywhere you go, there's a, there's another increase and another change and another kind of yeah. work out as you grow. So I would say almost all aspects really are, you know, are areas you have to, to focus on. And luckily, again, I had opened up to the, to the idea of some outside people coming in and bringing in, And so we were able to bring in some seasoned, you know, a CFO that was seasoned, a seasoned COO, and then a, a chairman that came in again, who seasoned and that really helped because again they had a lot of experience um within a lot of these fields that i had never you know again i'd never really worked with and, and never had dealt with so uh, th- that was a big big help for us as a company and big help for me because again those are issues that I, we really didn't have as big big of problems because I, I think the key was bringing in people that knew what they were doing and could handle it because again if i didn't do that or i hired the people or try to do it myself I, I just didn't have the skill i didn't have the skill set for it so, you know, again, you, you know, yeah. as, a, a, as a startup or an entrepreneur or a business person, I think sometimes, especially in the entrepreneur level, you get so caught up with control. Some, I, I see a lot of people always talking, oh, I want 51, I want 51, all, but yeah, 51% of right. basically zero, it, what, what, right. what's, it, what's the matter? You know, what's, what, you know, so I think the key is you've got to look at the big picture and realize that, hey, I'm good at maybe these three things, but there's no individual in the world that's great at everything. And to scale a business, yeah. there's just so many different moving parts and new ideas and things that have to be done that you kind of need some, you got to bring in some experts and no one's an expert on everything. So that, that, you know, again, that was a, I, I would say every part of the business was, you know, there's something different, but I would say with the people we brought in, they all did a pretty strong job of being able to overcome any of the problems we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything affects everything. That's for sure. You know, I, I noticed that you've, done a lot with regards to continuing education and that yes that's impressive and i appreciate you being so forthcoming about your (laughs) own development i mean many people aren't you know so that's i think that says a lot the what what is your i guess what what's your approach to continuous education do you have an underlying thought process that you go through i do yes um i i i've always you know felt it's important to kind of continually, again, get new ideas, learn new things, new concepts, uh, all that, all that type of thing. So actually I, I kind of made it not just for myself, but for everybody that's in our management and our senior, I want everybody to do, I want you to do two courses a year. And cause I, again, it just opens up your mind to, to new ideas, new thoughts, new, um, just, uh, I, I think when you get, sometimes you get stale, you know, and not learning, you kind of get stagnant. You kind of think, okay, this is the way we've been doing it for 10 years or five years or whatever the numbers mm-hmm. are. And you just stay there. And, and I think with the learning, you're just, and even if it does, even if it's not totally relevant to what you're doing business-wise, I just think the learning helps you as an individual, helps you as a person, and just keeps your mind kind of open to new ideals. It, even if it's a, you know, even if it's a history class you're taking, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you, if you're, it just keeps your mind kind of working and open to new ideals where I think some people just kind of shut off that learning. And uh, John Wooden had a great quote. Again, I'm a big basketball fan and, and whatnot, yeah. obviously. But John Wooden had a great quote, um, and I'll probably butcher it, but he always said that uh, 
it's what you learn after you know it all is what really you know matters the most and i i probably didn't get that uh you know exact on his quote but it's you know it's basically along the lines of what you know once you've learned once you think you've learned everything you know now now the stuff you're going to learn is going to be important and i think that it's really helped me i think as a ceo by continuing to doing the continuing education i think it does show you your weaknesses you know not just weaknesses but that you're willing to grow learn and listen and i think you need to listen to all your your people and talk to them and and just realize you don't have the answer for every situation and every you know every every problem and every and every solution so i think if you're not open to some outside ideas just kind of get closed off in your own little world and and as a small company and a and a small you know as a small ceo it's not like you know you have a big board and stockholders who can mm-hmm. you know, kind of influence you i think that happens is you kind of get just i'm in charge and it's my way or the highway and I think that does limit you sometimes, and, and and I don't think it gives your staff and individuals and people the, the ability to grow as management people, as salespeople, as whatever their role is within your company. If you're kind of giving them that feeling of it's my way or the highway, I mean, I, I want them to grow and and grow into whatever position it is they're doing and become better at it. Because again, it's going to make us all better. You know, whether they're a lab technician or an administrative person or a salesperson, you got to everybody's got to continually get better at whatever it is they're doing. And uh, I think then the whole team kind of lifts up at that point. So that's yeah. kind of the approach I've taken to the education is I think it just kind of lifts everybody's minds and everybody up as a team. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, has come up in our conversations before is the, the 101 people that you have today, they're all over the world. They are. Yes. Right. And you do business in all time zones and that comes with its own challenges. And then in the context of what we're talking about here, how you create culture and interaction and engagement. I mean, that's, that's tough. I think there are a lot of people who want to know how you do that virtually now. Well, you know, we, we've been, uh, obviously from day one, we've been a pretty virtual, you know, staff anyway, quite frankly. So from that standpoint, the, the, this COVID, you know, pandemic really hasn't been a massive difference for us. Uh, so I think culturally, uh, we, we, I actually worked with an English company before I worked with the current the current staff, most of our, I would say sixty percent of our staff is English. So I already worked with an English mm-hmm. company prior. So I kind of had a little bit of um insight, I guess, into the uh, into that culture. And I'd lived in London, uh, t- uh, you know, back and forth with work and different things. So I think that helped uh, bridge that gap a little bit. But I'm also very open to, uh, and I think I promote that throughout the company to every, you know, to kind of that opens, you know, that feeling of hey, let's let's all learn from each other. You know, that the, we have two offices in the West Coast, so we do weekly. We do a weekly meetings, which, you know, for a CEO to have a weekly sales meeting with all their offices and all their staff, that's probably kind of unheard of. But I think it's been a helpful because I'm talking to the account people on a weekly basis and what their, where their challenges are, what they're doing, where they're feeling. You know, you know, obviously, we go over the numbers and here's where we're at. We got to improve yeah. what we can do. Uh, so I think just that that kind of uh, trying to keep everybody involved and feeling Again, important and uh, and heard, I guess, would be the would be the you know kind of communicated with. I think has been very important for us. Where again, it's not just they hear me once a year or twice a year and in, in, a, in a quick little message. I, I talk to them on a weekly basis, and you know, and I think that's been a big help for us. I mean, it can be a pain in the neck because I you know my Friday mornings usually start at about four thirty in the morning because I work with our London <laughs> office, and that, you know, and they get off they they close at twelve, so you're you know you're up at four thirty and you're doing meetings at you know, then, and then you know you have meetings with our Chicago team in the Midwest throughout the day. And then, you know, the West coast. So it Fridays can be quite hectic for me. And then I do a weekly meeting with our chairman, which again, I, I, our relationship has been 
you know, tough at times because we have different styles and we have different management ways. And but I think these weekly meetings have been helpful for us because we we kind of we may get at each other a little bit, but we we talk it out and we communicate. We we say, okay, let's see what we can do and where do we need to go and. So again, I think that date that weekly communication has been a big help for the entire company, not just you know the two of us have helped, but I think it's been a, a good tie for the entire company. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to maybe stray a little bit to a point of curiosity. I mean, you've you've done uh, a lot in the sports arena. You've done a lot in the Fortune 500, and a lot of it's been driven by relationship development. Has it been uh, as exciting and a process as as I can imagine it? It it is. It is. Yeah, it has been. Uh, it has been fun. I mean, there's times that you, like anything, you get a little worn out when you're going to an event again. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's really the the kind of the relationship style selling which I enjoy and building has been good because we play a lot of you know we go to golf events we go to we 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 I managed to you know meet years ago we connected with Aston Martin Racing at the Rolex just again by happenstance and we've had a great relationship with aston martin racing we've had a great you know we ended up getting in formula one through that relationship uh i mean so it's pretty hard to get you know upset when you're at a you know when we do these corporate events right where you're driving an aston martin i mean most you know even a ceo of a fort i mean i i I had a fortune 500 ceo this was two years ago and he he runs you know a major uh major major company and and obviously it has pretty much probably done anything or can do anything he wants but he was i mean he's like a school kid the day i mean we we went out you know to date we were daytona national speedway and you know we're out taking aston martin race cars sports cars out around the track at 170 miles an hour and and, you know and he got done he said i've never done anything like that in my life and and you know they've done golf and they've been to every event and they've done everything so that was a unique um thing that I and again I went to the Rolex I met uh, the director of Aston Martin at a golf course and kind of just struck up a relationship with him and he said hey why don't you and he's kind of a relationship builder he introduced me to some big clients in Silicon Valley and some other areas because sports car racing is big there uh, he then got us introduced with again with Formula One racing in, in, in Europe and England and we got connected there and then he he does a lot of these corporate events that again I never would have done it with the sports car racing because I just never even thought of entertaining clients with driving cars and people just go crazy for it because you know they just never it's just such a unique experience to get behind a powerful cool sports car and then he pairs it um he brings out a great chef he does wine he owns a winery so he kind of pairs it with you do the racing and then he has wine and a dinner and he really does a great event and it's just unique and and that was um again that was an ability just by kind of pure luck i met i met the director of the guy and we played golf around a golf and, uh, yeah. he, and he invited me to the Rolex and that's, and I, and I, and I met him the week that there's a, there's a show in, in Orlando called the PGA show. And I had met him there and then the, the Rolex was that weekend and he had me out to Daytona and, and we kind of took off from there and we've ended up with a lot of business out of the Aston Martin relationship, uh, just by, again, taking people to the races and the tracks and, uh, but the corporate driving and people just love that. I mean, that, so that's a great event. Um, I do a lot of golf with individuals, uh, which is always a, you know, fun event and, and and made some not only clients but some friends out of it too which is kind of nice too so and then yeah. we go to a lot of the events uh and you know the masters again i couldn't be upset about going to the masters pretty pretty spe- i've been many many times but it's still you know for me being a sports you know i'll i'll admit it i'm kind of a sports junkie i love sports so for me it's really you know i played golf i've been playing golf since i'm fifth grade my whole life and played all through high school and college and so for me, it's a real special experience, and and it, and it's been a unique ride for me to kind of involve with something where I can it kind of do what I, I enjoy building relationships, but also still kind of do through 
through athletics, which I've I've really uh, really enjoyed it, quite frankly. So it's been a fun ride. And now this year, of course, it's been a lot different with uh, with COVID. So hopefully yeah. we can get that square around because it's certainly putting a dent in our business. But uh, we'll figure that out, hopefully. So yeah. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you coming on the show and and sharing everything you have. Wonderful to learn. Well, thanks, Ken. I appreciate it as well. It's been a great, and thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Hindsight. If you lead a business or are a student of business, this show is for you. Please subscribe and tune in for a new episode each week. My name is Kanai Kapadia, and this show is produced by KGK and Company, the fast-emerging strategic consultancy to middle market business. You can find us online at www.agkcompany.com. That's A-G-K-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com. Have a good one, folks, and I'll talk to you next week.